everybody. I'm Scott Poynton and welcome to another Kiwi podcast. And today I'm with a mate, good mate of mine, in fact, John Watkin. G'day, John. How are you, mate? Very well, Scotty. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Kiwi podcast. And we're here for a special reason. You're heading back to Australia today after a couple of weeks here in Europe. And, uh, and we participated together on The Big Walk. So we're going to have a chat about The Big Walk. But first, tell us about yourself, mate. Tell, tell us a bit about John Watkin. Yeah. Um, well, I had my... F- 54th birthday on the walk, which you, was a, which right. was the last day, which was a great way to finish. As we crossed the 300 kilometre mark. Correct. Um, so I'm uh, I'm in between jobs at the moment, but I've had a career working in sport and education for many years. Um, I, I always loved sport, always loved activity. Keen um, cricketer. Very keen cricketer. Aussie rules. Aussie rules. Um, and, I, and I did a lot of phys ed teaching and coaching as well. Uh, and that that led to me being involved in private enterprise and coaching and sports events and working for some private companies uh, in that. But always the common thread has been around um, the value of being involved in sport and the skills that it, it, it teaches you, but also equipping kids to um, be able to develop lifelong habits and connections. And I think that's one thing that uh, phys ed and sport can provide for kids and Broader than that is the in, the engagement with the community and the connections that beyond the people playing the game, the connections that come with that. And in terms of my education, it's always been driven really by that, and uh, and I want to lead and manage in that in that area. So more recently, uh, the last twelve years, I've spent working in cricket administration, firstly at a state body called Cricket Victoria in Australia, where I was the head of game and market development, which is really about getting people playing cricket, kids, um, you know, getting kids, kids, getting kids to play boys and love the girls, game, it, you know? boys and girls, big, yeah. large focus, particularly recently on girls and cricket are starting to do some exciting stuff in that, in that space. And they've been doing that for a long time, but it's really starting to pay dividends now. And then finishing, um, I worked at Cricket Australia until recently as the head of game development. And then I had a stint for the last 12 months as head of game and market development operations. So it was great to get the, the state feel and then, and then the national feel. Um, so, you know, a life where sport has been critical uh, to it and as I've gotten older uh, and I've participated less in team sports, which I really do miss and as I'm getting more time now with my three daughters, Isabella and Lucy, who are twins, who are 25, and Charlotte, who's 22, as they've gotten older and they're now finishing their own, they're forging their own careers, I've got more time for my wife Libby and I to travel and explore other options. So cycling's a, a pretty typical one for people my generation yeah. and my age. Middle-aged men in Lycra. You got the yeah, Lycra, Yeah, I, I try to avoid the Lycra where I can, but uh, <laughs> it's hard to because it, yeah. is, it is comfortable. Yeah. Uh, There's a reason why people wear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm sure you look great in your Lycra. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let, <laughs> this is radio, so yeah. they can't see. But um, the one of the things I've done for a long time now is walk every day and an early start – walking um, either with my wife Libby, who I've been uh, married to for over 25 years now, um, and walking at work, uh, before work, but a really structured way to exercise and something I've taken up in the last three years is yoga. And yoga's been a great complementary, not only just in terms of the exercise and the strength for your body, but also for that ability to stop and ponder and reflect and and clear your mind because we all lead very, very busy lives. And if you're traveling and things like that, days run into each other and it's really good to have that structured time. So walking, yoga, cycling, family obviously provide that. 
And then I've ended up here in Switzerland just recently to complete the walk with yourself and Scotty Williams. The big walk. The big walk. And um, it's been great. And I've been on the road. I've really, I've been away since early July. Because you went to the US, didn't you, with a course there? Correct. Yeah, I was fortunate enough that um, cricket supported me uh, to complete a, a driving corporate performance uh, business course at Harvard Business School, which was fantastic, a, a seven-day course there, which I met some amazing people. And it was a, the rigour was challenging and engaging. And I walked away with that feeling like that was a, a great experience to have. And I'm feeling really well equipped um, for the future. And I felt that was part of my learning. And I've, I, I was lucky to have some holidays. And then I've, I've head, headed back to Melbourne just for 24 hours and came over for the walk. Yeah. So we saw each other and I was passed through Melbourne in June. And as at that stage, yeah, you were, you were in between jobs, scratching your chin, not really sure what the future held. And um, and you've been fascinated by the November walks, I think, for a couple of years now. And you said, geez, I'd like to go on one of those walks with you. And uh, and so naturally the invitation was extended and you've scratched your chin and it took a little while, but you've decided you're going to come over. And you did. And, uh, well, firstly, it's been great to have you, but... Let's just talk about the walk itself and, and well, perhaps, you know, maybe your own thought processes about, you know, should I come, should I not come? What 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 brought you up? What got you on the plane, mate? What made you decide to come? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, yeah, I, it was a, you know, 54, um, you know, very passionate about my, my career in terms of what I was doing and why I was doing it. So I always felt I had great purpose. Um, you know, there was challenges along the way, as there are in all jobs. But definitely towards towards the latter part of of that of my tenure in my last role at Cricket Australia, I did start to question why I was doing the role and and what my purpose was and things like that, and that's I think that's pretty um, standard in someone my age, but also in organisations. Organisations go through lots of change in sports, doing that, and it's um, it's it's evolving and it's becoming more and more. Um, I suppose global, and it's it's got to compete. So I felt when I'd finished that, um, as I was reflecting on my next steps, and I spoke to a number of people. Um, I've got, I'm, I'm fortunate to have some really good friends and connections who, you know, gave me some advice, and I had some time to think it through. Um, and I had I had a bit of time up my sleeve, and. A lot of people congratulated me and said, well, here's a great, you know, use this opportunity to reflect, think about what your next move is, why you want to do it, because the, the latter part of your life can be just as exciting as, the, as what's come before. The physical element of it really attracted me to the walk. Um, I'd been here with you once before, just for a few days in Jean Jean's for, yeah. for the cricket club, which was a great experience. But I've always, I've always talked about doing something that really extended me physically and mentally, but just the way your life works in time, I didn't have that. I just didn't have the luxury of being able to commit that much time. So when I saw you and you planted the seed, um, I thought, well, what a great time to do something worthwhile just physically for myself, but also to join yourself and Scott. And I'd been excited about what you'd done in your Movember walks. And I know you'd been involved in that for a number of years. And I'd I dialed into your live Facebook connections last year during the during one of them during a blizzard, <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, it's it, it that inspired me to think, well, I could do this, and I had the time. So 
the sort of planets aligned, if you like, and it was really just about doing it. And my wife, Libby, was really encouraging me to do it. Um, and so here I am. So here you are. So just to recap what we were planning with the walk, there's this fantastic network of trails here in Switzerland, 60,000, more than 60,000 kilometres of marked trails here in Switzerland. And they're sort of crowned by seven iconic national routes and uh, that traverse the country east, west, north, south. And um, one of them is called the Jura Crest Trail. And this is National Route 5. And it goes from near Zurich um, and it goes really from, that's the sort of east of the country. And it follows this sort of curve down the western border of Switzerland on the Jura mountain range, and uh, which which you have the Jura, then you have the flat, and then it goes up into the Alps. So this wonderful uh, Jura range is where this track goes, and it's around 315, 320 kilometres all the way down here to Neon, where our office is, and it passes through the last stage, there's 15 stages, passes through La Dole, the sort of spiritual home of the November walks where we walk every year. So Scott Williams and I, we chatted about this and we made a plan, let's do this walk, let's try and do this walk. 15 stages, normally people walk it in 15 days, one stage per day, and for some stupid reason we decided we were going to do it, and, and a completely random decision, we decided we'd do it in eight days. You know, two stages a day, leaving the last day, that last trip up the Dole, the crowning glory on the eighth day. And, uh, well, that's not how it panned out. Um, so, yeah, let's tell... Tell us what happened on the walk, John, you know, for you and, and for us all together. Oh, well, it was – it's hard to describe because when you lay it out, it's – you know, we completed 13 or 15 stages of the the uh, Jura Crest Trail in our five and we really tested ourselves physically and mentally. Days were very, very long and it just on the, on the statistics alone, you know, as I said, 315 Ks, 13 or 15 stages – over 12,000 metres aggregate climbing up and down. And I think you mentioned earlier, you know, that's when you put that in relative terms to Mount Everest, it's, it's. I think you said over double that. Yeah, well, people, you know, when people climb Mount Everest, they fly into a place called Lukla and that's 2,800 metres. And then so they go up to 88, which is the top of Everest. So that's about 6,000 metres of climbing. So we did 12,000 metres of climbing over 10 days of, of walking, one, one rest day. So it was pretty... Pretty challenging, yeah. Yeah, look, physically it was it was challenging. You know, the climbs up the hills that were sometimes relentless, that was what I was concerned about most. But I found that part of it was really just putting one foot in front of the other and, and yeah, different stages, particularly on day three um, where we walked over 48 kilometres for hours. over 14 hours. Mm. Um, 35 degree temperature. 35 degrees. Right in the middle of the European heat wave we set off. Yeah, <laughs> we were a bit delirious that day yeah. um, and we had our moments, particularly the moment where we got accosted by a dog. That right near to, the end. Right near the end yeah. um, as we ca- were coming into Finvillias, yeah. Um, but I suppose going down the hills was just a bigger challenge, but it was just that quite relenting and through that continual, the the challenge of it, there were great highs and lows, both mentally and physically, where you felt incredible strength and incredible sense of peace of mind, knowing that you could do this, you know, accompanied with incredible tiredness and just the physical, the blisters and the, your knee blew up. Yeah. Um, you lost it. Looks like you're going to lose a toenail. <laughs> and the, the rituals of applying the various um, ointments and tapes and yeah. – pills and things that we had to take along the way and there were no um, 
performance enhancing pills no. taken. <laughs> a couple of beers. <laughs> some <laughs> some well earned beers. beers at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I think it was, it really is hard to describe it. Yeah. Uh, but it, we were constantly bombarded with beauty. Yeah. The mountains, the forests, the forests, the sounds, the quiet. It was remarkably quiet on the trail. Mm. Um, we were so many, we went for hours and hours without seeing anyone. And, and that was pretty special, the solitude of it. And I think that solitude where your mind starts to talk to you and play a few tricks on you when you're a bit tired and things start to annoy you and that little rubbing blister all of a sudden feels like your foot's going to explode. You can't or, go on. You can't go on. But um, then you have these incredible bursts, positive surges where you just feel your chest pumped out and you you feel strong. Mm. And you also feel like I've got to keep this momentum up because once I stop, I'm, that's it, I'm done. I'm <laughs> oh, done God. for the day. Yeah. And we had a few days like that. And I think the first five days, I think the aggregate kilometres was 200. But And we spoke about this a lot. It wasn't so much about we, we weren't – the purpose and intent wasn't to highlight the physical um, achievement. The purpose was that we were just doing something really meaningful, that we were taking the time to reflect and – it was a bit stupid as well. I mean, meaningful and stupid in, in equal amounts probably. But to get yourself in a position where you can feel like that and really understand the capacity of your mind and your body, you've got to do that. Yeah. I think that's what I learned most out of it. There's not many things I f- feel physically now I couldn't do. Yeah. One day walk just wouldn't have done it, would it? You know? No, no. And It had to be a long walk. Had to, had to be a long walk. And at different stages we had times of great silence. Yeah. Um, we had times of uh, great humour um, and the, and the humour and the tones of the conversations fluctuated from, you know, probably teenage pubescent boys to- um, Wise old men. Wise old men. <laughs> um, Not much of that. Yeah. Th- so it was equal bit. amounts of all, but they the very quickly became patterns of the day. Yeah, yep. And there was great adrenaline at the start of the day, yep. great adrenaline after a, after our lunch where yep. we would sit down each day and take our boots off. and Somewhere in nature. Somewhere in nature. We, and we met some amazing, really hospitable, lovely, lovely Swiss people who oh, made oh, us feel at home and shook their heads and scratched their heads when we told them what we were doing. Um, but all those things along the way, and we had a couple of calls from the Movember team, um, all those things along the way really gave us those little lifts. And then at the end of the day, the technology with social media and things, um, where we were able to track what we'd done, at, what we'd achieved for the day. But also then the messages um, and the, you know, the the questions from people and the general encouragement really, yeah. really made you feel, right, this is great. But, yeah, it was, in, was an incredible I found at the end of day three, I was pretty well ready for day four, and I thought I'd made up my mind overnight. Where I thought I really need to have a, a day off. We'd done a hundred and thirty-eight or five kilometres in three days. We'd climbed a long way, a yeah. long way, well over four thousand metres. And I was, but then something twigged overnight. I thought, no, no, all you've got to do is put one foot in front of the other, and you you jumped out of bed that day and your knee was up, and I thought. Scott might not make it tomorrow and the other Scott had had a rest day and I thought, well, he may not make it and I thought I may not make it. So I just really isolated it down to, well, one, I can walk, two, I can carry the packs and the packs were the greatest challenge. But three, I'd had the peace of mind and confidence that I'd done it before and that I carried that in to day four 
and it was brilliant and carried that into day five. And onwards, that, that moment of doubt, we all had at some stage on the walk a moment of doubt and I think, that, yeah. you know, we all helped each other get through that and, and move on. And, you know, the walks, you know, were to raise awareness and, and funds for Movember Foundation and you had great support. You've raised over 2000 bucks for that. Yeah, well, everything happened pretty quickly. Um, I, you know, Scott and I, we, you know, we talked a lot um, in the lead up as I was deciding, you know, just the logistics, like what do I need to bring? How long will I need to get there? Knowing that I was flying in from the US and I had basically 70 hours to get on another plane, I thought, well, I really needed to get here earlier and not arrive and then start. And that was great to have three full days to really mm. relax and acclimatise and talk about what we were doing and mm. map it out and plan it, get all our equipment sorted. So get all those logistics well and truly prepared. So, you know, I, I, I felt that once we'd started, um, the adrenaline really kicked in and then Movember was that added incentive. Yeah. And I'd only set a goal of $1,000 and, and really I'd only – got myself organised and got my, my Movember um, page set up the day before. And then all of a sudden we were overwhelmed, you know, people from cricket, family, friends, you know, do donating money. Um, without too much prompting, I probably went, I, I got pretty hard got when we excited. had a rest day. Yeah. And then I sort of toned it down. I got a few messages, just toned it down a bit. Yeah. But we got, I got over, I readdressed, or, you know, regrouped and, Set the target at two thousand, and we we got to two thousand. Yeah. Uh, over thirty four donors, hmm. um, two thousand and twenty dollars, and that's that's fantastic. And I think people, it's winter in Melbourne. People, is, yeah. you know, it's not a great time. So I think people were enjoying what we were doing and the challenge of it. They're inspired by it. Yeah, and and the, there was a lot of humour involved yeah. in some of our short video takes and photographs. <laughs> where we really did take the mickey out of each other yeah. um, and we tried to put on these happy, smiley faces, but if only they could see what was going on actually at the time, I'm sure they would have scratched their heads saying, you, you guys are crazy. What are but, you doing? but, yeah, all that support. It was great. But, you know, part of the the theme that has emerged and we carried into this walk that's emerged over the last few years with the Movember is this idea of walking and talking in nature. And it wasn't planned. It was just something that evolved as, as the Movember walks over the last few years have happened. And and that was also a key theme here. We wanted to get out and, and walk. We wanted to inspire people to do that as well. And, you know, we know um, some of our friends sent messages saying, well, we're out doing this walk too. We're walking with you in spirit, which was great. But I think for, for all of us, there was, as, and you've mentioned, there was times when we did a lot of chatting together. There was times when um, when we had solitude where, you know, we, we although there were two or three of us walking, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd separated and we were walking more or less alone, as it were. Um, in nature, we always had the backdrop of the beautiful forest, the beautiful mountains, the farmland uh, there. But there was a lot of important talking happened over this. You know, you and Scott didn't know each other before. I think you know each other pretty well now. <laughs> I think I know the both of you a lot better now. And uh, I think for you, John, and I, I mentioned this, I think, when we got together, I think it was again on day six, we had the rest day. And, uh, and, and our mate Tony Johnson joined us. And I noticed a big change in you from the first few days where I think, you know, the stresses and tensions of your, you know, your, your last job had really come out in the, in the discussions. And, you know, we were hearing a lot about it and, you know, we could sense, sense there was tension there, there was upset, there was some pain. Um, and over three or four days of, of chatting and talking and also having that moment of silent reflection that you're able to do on the walk, um, it's almost like you blew it out of yourself. It was like the wind blew and blew and blew and mm. blew for three or four yeah. days and then it stopped. 
And and I, I just I mentioned I remember saying that to you on that afternoon, you know, just saying, look, it was just an observation. And I think you felt that that was the case. Just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's really uh, interesting. It's hard to you know you read about it, you know, you read books about it, and you and you talk to other people about their experiences. But it's really hard to describe. When you get there, you sort of you have this sense of you know serenity or peacefulness um and you feel at ease that things happen for a reason things are out of your control and there's so much to look forward to but also i think the key element of talking is that you try and remain as rational and open-minded as you can through all of this and i think just being able to express what you're feeling and, and why you're feeling and examining um your emotions I think that helps you to get through the other end because the walking and, and being in nature is certainly a great environment to do that. You realise that the trees and the mountains and everything have been there for however long. You're only here for a little time and there's no point wasting time and you've got to let things go and, you know, we're sitting in here and you've got your loony picture on the wall there, you know, let it go, let it out, you know, and that and, and letting it go was critical part of the, why I did the walk. Yeah. I mean, we should just say, we should say, I mean, you, you took a redundancy package at yeah, the last job. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and, you know, we want to talk about this because this is happening, it happens a lot for people. You know, you're not the first and you won't be the last. And But as you found, and I think everyone finds, it's a stressful time in your life, and particularly at your age. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, what's next? What's around the corner? And you worry about that and you've always worked yep. and suddenly you're, you know, you're about to turn 54 and you haven't got a job. And, Correct. Uh, and it raises all sorts of questions for you about your life, your, your yeah, perhaps your, your role as a man in the family, to, you know, breadwinner in the house. And of course, Libby works too. But, you know, as men, we, we give ourselves these pressures. Um, we, we invite them in a way. You know, we've got to be the bloke. We've got to do all these things. And something like that happens, a redundancy package, and it raises all these questions. And I think when you arrived here, those questions were very present for you. Yeah, and I don't think I'd, you know, even though a few weeks had passed, I don't think I'd um, necessarily taken time to really resolve all of them. Um, And definitely the walk has helped me to do that. And it is, you know, I had another friend who's similar age to me, and he's in the same boat two weeks before. It's not uncommon and I think it, it is a it is a it is a challenging time, and you've got you really do you have to stop and think and continue to back yourself and understand that it's not the end of the world because so many more and more examples when you stop and realise how many people have been through it, um, people come through it, but you really do need to address address some of the core issues. But it, what happens is you then scratch the surface and you start to scratch below all that. And it helps you to really learn more about yourself, what you what what you want, what you need, what you, what's your purpose. I read a great a great book, um, which James Sutherland, the CEO, recommended to me. Um, it was by a Harvard professor called How Will You Measure Your Life, and he actually encouraged me to really think carefully about what I was going to do next and take time to think about it. Um, and that book helped me as well. So I think as a part of November, that was also in the back of my mind that men are. You know, if, if your job is what you see as your self worth, well, you really need to examine your priorities because. And I don't know, my job was important, but I mean, my family's important, and I think I'm reasonably balanced. Um, 
but it just makes sure you look. You have to look at things and say, well, what am I here for? Uh, and you've got that time, and I've been fortunate, I've got some time to do that. But, of course, you, you question yourself because it's fundamental to everything that you've done. And when you put a lot of effort into something and you give a lot of something, whether it's any relationship, and I felt with cricket because it wasn't just a job. Yeah. Um, it was very much life. a passion and something I'd done as a kid uh, fr- from my time as a kid and, and you know, it I felt like it was much more than a job and I and I gave it a lot of my um, heart and soul uh, and always the, the centre of it was always the people um, and the relationship you build along the way and, and you lose those relationships, you know, because not completely but they're different. They'll never be the same and so when you value something, it hurts when you lose it mm. but you've got to, you know, the walk helped me. Um, to really regroup and examine where I'm at and the importance of my family. And, you know, my, my father-in-law's had a stroke and my father passed away a couple of years ago. My brother died three years ago. So you have everyone has their challenges and um, all these things sort of bubble up to the surface. And the walk really enabled me to think those things through. By the time Tony came on day six, as you alluded to earlier, um, yeah, I'd, I'd had the I'd had twenty four hours to rest. We had the rest day. Yeah, you know, had some, so I had much greater clarity about things, and um, I think I felt buoyed by the number of people that had supported uh, us and responded to the Movember, uh, you know, the funding and the donations. And yeah, here I am. But it's uh, it's not it, it's a hard thing to describe, and but I think you know, and you've played a role in in listening and talking, and you've been good along the way as well. So. Being able to share those discussions has definitely been helpful. Yeah. I think, and we talked about this too, there's something about the walking. It gets you in your body, you know. Um, of course, a lot of these things sit in your head. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you're sitting at home and you know, perhaps, you've, you know, something, something like a redundancy has happened or, you know, something else has happened in your life that's giving you trouble, and you sit at home and in a way you, it goes round and round your head. And then maybe you'll start not sleeping. You know, there's all sorts of things that can happen as a result of that. It's really difficult to keep it in your head when you're walking on the trail like we did um, because you've got to watch where you're putting your feet and, and you've, got to climb, you've got to climb up and, you, you know, you've got to, your, your heart starts to pump, you're breathing, you've got to look at your breathing, you've got to keep drinking water because it's 35 degrees heat. And it's almost like everything that's going around in your head almost gets washed away because you've got to focus on the here and now, the physical of walking up that hill and then walking down that hill on rocks so you don't twist your ankle. It's, you're, you're absolutely present and you can't be drifting off worrying, oh, what am I going to do next? What about what this person said? What did that person say? What do they think of me now? All of these things. That all goes out the window. And and I think that and I, I, you know, I do the November walks where we do one walk a day once a week, but I really feel I myself on this long walk that we did, the big walk, you know, where we, we walked solidly for five days, had a rest day, um, and then walked another another four days. Um, I don't think we would have got the benefit if it had just been a day walk. And we needed that long walk to get in our body, to to get the stuff that's in our head, get some air in there and, and let it breathe, you know, the, the mountain air, the smells, all of these things. So I think there's great merit in this idea of Walking, you know, walking and talking, walking and having solitude, walking in nature. As you say, you, you know, when you're in the mountains and the and the forests, you know, they don't demand things of you. They don't demand things. Of, they, in fact, they give you beauty and they give you coolness, as we found in the forest when everything else was hot. 
So, yeah, I, I just think it was one of the things we reflected on and I don't know if you want to add anything, John, but yeah, well, being in your body is really yeah, important. I think that's – and I've always found that, you know, as I, as I said in when you asked me to give my background, the, the exercise element is, is a great way to discover yourself mm. and to test yourself. Plus you need to look after yourself physically to do any job, to do to live your life properly, to be ready to be in the moment. You have to look after yourself, what you eat, what you drink, et cetera, et cetera. So you need that balance. But I think pushing the boundary like we've done, the fundamentals become, they really come to the fore. So as you physically challenge yourself, as you say, those other things that you seem think are important aren't really that important. And the people you think about when you're under the pump, when you're feeling physically challenged, are the people that mean the most to you and that you're closest to. Because, again, that focus on the next step, my next step, my next step, really allows you to feel closer to yourself physically. Um, You've got to concentrate. But also when you're talking at, at the same time, you talk really, some of the conversations you have are what really matters. Mm. Um, and so you cut out a lot of the bulldust yeah. uh, along the way. We can say bullshit. Bullshit, yeah. We can say it. You can cut out it's all of that. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and you do that and, you, and you, you get through all that. But I would, I know if I, I can do what we've done and I have a reasonable level of fitness, there's a lot of people that shouldn't underestimate their ability to do this. Yeah. And the learning and the sense of satisfaction and pride that they will get from it, knowing that you could do it. Because I think often we have doubts. Everyone has doubts. If you don't have doubts and you don't question your ability, you're, I think you're either arrogant or you're stupid because we all have that. Um, leaders have it. Everybody has it. So if you can work together, I think the other element to it is working together in a group. I'm not sure I could do it on my own. Mm. Um, but working together in a group with moments of solitude, a long period of solitude along the way, but knowing people are there around, you know, that they're near, nearby also helps. But it's, it, again, it's difficult to describe. Yeah. We talked last night just briefly when, you know, you came came back from visiting Bordeaux when you were visiting a mate down there. Um how you know it's it's a cliche to say oh you know it's a journey of course it was a journey we walked 315 kilometers and it's almost if you say oh yeah it, you know, it was a great journey and journey of walking but also a journey of you know reflection and things like this it sounds very cliched but um finding another way of describing it, it's really difficult and um what's been fascinating for me is even though you know it wasn't a very grand post full of, oh, we conquered it, we did it, we did it, we nailed it. Because, yeah, we, we missed two stages. It's almost It almost has more value because we didn't walk the 15 stages. But what was really interesting was when I did this post on, on LinkedIn and uh, the thing's gone crazy and it was just a simple post about this is what we did, you know, um, we had a lot of reflection, it was a great experience. Um, it's it's, it's you know, had almost 60 likes and, you know, almost 8,000 people have seen it. And uh, had a great reaction to it. And I was talking to, you know, my good mate Julian, who's been on the Kui podcast before, and he said, maybe it was just the simplicity of it. Maybe people in their busy life, you know, sitting at their desk, you've gone on this crazy walk um, and people have just been inspired by the simplicity of it and the beauty of it, you know. So I think there's real merit, you know, in it, John. And I think what we've, what we've done is start something. And, of course, we, you know, this year I'll do the November walks again. But you're now going to go back home and meet the November people there and, yep. you know, get some ideas going about what walks you can do in Australia um, to try and inspire people to come out with us. And 
I just think that um, there's, there's something in this that uh, going out for long walks, uh, there's absolute merit and, and something beautiful in it, in fact, um, to help people just work through some of the things that they need to work through themselves. So, you know, you see people doing people walking and I can imagine that, you know, maybe maybe we'll we'll have to devote some of our time to people walking in the future just to give people that space to to do what, what we all did, you know. You know, as I said, you know, you had that, you know, you were this strong wind blowing and, and suddenly you found tranquility and you found calm. And um, again, when we got into Neon, Julian and Bastian from, from TFT came down, Boris came down and had a beer with us. I was talking to them yesterday and they said, you guys just had this incredible sense of serenity about you. You could see it. They could see it in our eyes. Um, it might have been that we'd just tucked into our first Guinness and we were we'd just walked 315 kilometres, but it wasn't that. It wasn't physical. The serenity in our eyes, I think, was a reflection of how we felt in our souls. We, we, were, we were good. Yeah. We were good. We just we we had a great sense of achievement, um, pers- you know, personal and team achievement, and a great sense of connection, and a great sense of connection um, together. It's a great you know a shared experience. I think yeah. people you know as people we are we do need solitude, but we are we're communal we're beasts. communal beasts, yeah. and we do like to connect, and people like to talk and. But we don't have the time, and so that extra time that a, that a long walk gives you allows you to really get below the surface and start mm. to delve into things. And to show your vulnerabilities, you know, people are often are scared, particularly in a work environment, they're scared to show their vulnerabilities, even in relationships sometimes. Mm. Um, do we really give, are we really showing our vulnerabilities to our kids, to our partners? Um to our families, uh, truly, or mm. have we always got the guard up? Yeah. Anything worthwhile's got risk involved, and yeah, there's a chance you'll get hurt in any relationship or any work relationship. But I think showing those vulnerabilities and talking, and having a support network that you can talk to, and really sc- scratch below the surface. Yeah. There's a lot of peripheral stuff that occupies our time too that we think's important that's not important, um, and I think that those long walks enable you to do that and strengthen that connection, have a shared experience. Um, and doing it in nature, I think, is better. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think men often say we'll do it over a beer, but yeah. I get that too. I'm I'm all for that. But I also think clarity of mind and and that time to to actually achieve something together, um, it, whether it's a bike ride, whether it's a walk, whether it's a game of tennis, whatever, and then a reflection discussion time afterwards. I think you need that extended time to really delve in and open yourself up and get above all the bravado and bloke rubbish. Yeah. I think we did it, John. You know, it's been great for me. I, uh, you know, I had a great ambition for the walk and, you know, Scotty Williams who did the podcast, the last podcast we did, um, you know, he, he joined for so much of it and had to go back to work and, you know, had issues with his feet as well. So had to bail out a couple of days. But I think the three of us will always look back on this experience um, it's it's not surrounded in, in superlatives in, in many ways. It's just is. It's just there. Um, it's not one of these things where, oh, that was great. It was magnificent. Of course we feel that. And people asked me when I got back to the office last week, oh, how was it? Yeah, it was great. But it's a little experience that seems to be, for me, it's wrapped in this nice package and it's just sitting there. I think it'll always be there to support me. I know that we were able to do that. Couldn't have done it without you, mate. And, yeah, uh, it was a it was a deeply 
yeah. emotional and profound experience. I found it. Yeah. Um, I really did find that, and I've said that to some of my friends, and I've it's enabled me to really think carefully about what's important and, and what's ahead. But definitely, it's profound, and yeah. it is difficult to describe. Yeah, um, it's one of those things you can't put words to. Yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely. We shouldn't, it, we shouldn't try. That's why I encourage people to go out and try it. Yeah, come and experience it. Well, everyone's welcome, and. Uh, and, you know, when you go back to Australia now, there will be some walking opportunities for your friends and, and, and just, you know, even anyone who wants to come along, I'm sure, and we'll do the same here. Yeah, I'm look, really looking forward to that. And it's a, you know, it's again, it's about getting people connected and feeling like they belong to something because, you know, it, it, we want to belong. We don't want to fit in. Yeah. There's a big difference between fitting in and belonging. And if people yeah. feel like they'll belong, that they belong, that they'll, they've got a much better chance of really thriving and getting the best out of themselves and others. Yeah. Well, look forward to hearing about that, mate. And as I say, thanks so much. I'm so glad you came over. No, my and, pleasure. And uh, it, was a, it was a great experience for me. And, well, who knows what we might do next year. Yeah. I'll just finish by saying yesterday I came back from France and I got, got off the plane. Scott was picking up from the airport. And I, I looked at this panoramic view of the Jura uh, Ranges and the trail and I just looked at it in completely different yeah. <laughs> from a Completely different mindset than what I did, like, you know, two weeks ago. And I think, wow, we I know that intimately, that place. Yeah, and you have a connection. It holds, have a real connection. It holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, beautiful. Great mate. memories. Great to have you, mate. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Mm-hmm.